Welcome to Cold Cuts, the show where nobody here has read the script until we actually start reading the script. We are on episode five of Caroline Lesney's story, The Broadcast, and this entire concept of Cold Cuts is based on Declan Grogan's ideas. Last episode, we revealed that the house guest's real connection to the Westwood family examined Lionel's whereabouts during the gardener's murder and saw the suitor gripped by a fear of the supernatural. Meanwhile, in the real world, Felicity spiraled out of control. And Missy, Sebastian, and Irene increasingly seem to parallel happenings in the radio broadcast itself. Today, we're going to pick up where we left off with the heiress and the imposter, dangerously close to the study's open window. But first, before we get into the resolution of that cliffhanger and then proceed to dangle ourselves off another cliff entirely. Let's meet our actors. Actors, introduce yourselves. Tell us your characters. And also, I want to know, a lot of us talked last week about John, but I'm curious to know if you think John is the one who did it, what is his motivation? Or you can share your ideas as to what you think happened in this episode. I'm not your boss. I can't tell you what to do. First off, we have James Johnston. James? Hey, everybody. My name is James. I'm playing Sebastian and I'm playing the suitor. I am really got no clue what's going on just because my character, especially Sebastian, has been going on some wild rides. But I'm hoping that we get to see more of the suitor and how crazy his stint is. Yeah, that was a really big revelation last week, wasn't it? Yeah, him and Lionel did not see that coming. I did. They told me in an email. Oh, well, there you go. I didn't see it coming because I was not told in an email. I was not told in an email either. And I'm playing Lyle. So <laughs> sorry, I, that feels like such a power dynamic. I think it was it, it helped, though. All right. Next, we have Kevin Hauger. Hi, I'm Kevin. I'm playing John in The Doctor. I want to ask before anything else, did you mean to say imposter in the opening? Because that was the best. I caught that, too. Ever. <laughs> You were like, Instead we of open inspector, on, you said imposter. On the imposter. And I was like, this is amazing. Please say that was you, like... What do you know that we don't, Meredith? Yeah, exactly. What do you know, Meredith? Meredith. Meredith did it. It wasn't John. It was Meredith all along. <laughs> it was me all along. But let's pretend that we didn't know it was me. <laughs> In the last episode, let's be like, we're so shocked Meredith did it. No, that was actually just the fact that I can't read any more than I can do math <laughs> or anything else. No, the inspector. Inspector. Yes. If I had a mustache, I would be twisting it right now. I don't know, Meredith. You seem a little sus. <laughs> oh, I made it among us. All right. <laughs> No, actually, this whole thing is just our game of Among Us. It's an Among Us role play. We just don't have our switches turned on or our PCs turned on and plugged in. We are on Twitch. We could just label ourselves live action Among Us. We're a test run for the Among Us movie. This feels like a terrible campaign to get middle schoolers invested in audio drama. Yes, no, I said the wrong thing. Thank you for pointing that out. It was not on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> We're so like Among Us. <laughs> we get the kids. We wear color-coordinated shirts. Yeah. Please Ooh. pause for a moment while I turn my chair around and sit like a cool person. Arms like this. <laughs> no. So anyway, what do you think is going to be happening this episode? If you, John, are the murderer, what is your motivation? Or do you have other theories that you'd like to share with the class? I think that if John is the murderer, his motivation, I think he's out of touch enough that he would be wanting to impress either Felicity or like his parents or somebody like he wants it to be cool in a really dark way. And he's very self-absorbed. So it wouldn't surprise me if he actually thought someone would be impressed by all of it. So what you're saying is that he learned how to be social on Reddit. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. That sounds eerily realistic. <laughs> but I like that. I like that. We'll see how that goes. Got even darker than I intended for it to. <laughs> No, I mean, it's a dark, it's a murder story and the bodies are piling up. I think we can afford to go a little dark here. Up next, we have Emery Chase. Hi, I'm Emery. I'm playing Irene and the house guest. I think that if John did it, I don't think we have the info to determine his motive yet because there's like, he knew Artie, his roommate disappeared. It seems to be about Felicity, but I don't have enough put together that puzzle yet. But I do have something that I've been thinking about. We've seen all of these parallels. Absolutely, share Between the real world and the thing, right? But Sebastian's character, the suitor, is pursuing Felicity's character, the heiress. And that has not been addressed at at all in the real world. And I want to know when that's going to come in. Well, we kind of learned last week that 
it's pursuing with <laughs> quotes around it. Well, that's true. But we've not even seen anything to like remotely mirror it. And I, I want to know when it's going to get mirrored. This is true. Because he doesn't really even like ever interact with her, whereas their characters have pretty frequent interactions. So Right. And Felicity interacts with him a couple of times, but every usually she just kind of like blanks out and kind of disassociates a little bit because he's usually talking to Missy. I'm very interested too in figuring that out. So Emery, great job bringing that up. I hope the real world parallel is like a literal pursuit. Like there's like like an audio car chase or something at some point. Nice. I think that'd be really fun. <laughs> Someone has in their character sheet. I'd prefer if it's, I don't gotta do car sound effects. Yeah. <laughs> car, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a chase in a Tesla, so that's why yeah. there's no car sound. Oh, there you go, yeah. <laughs> it's dead silent for 30 seconds. I think that should be another character for Eric, car sounds, you know, just like red by Car, car sounds. <laughs> also back to Eric's many characters. Eric, I love that you didn't get an email about Lionel. Like, <laughs> you've just, this entire series is just Eric getting like repeatedly shortchanged with no notice. <laughs> we are going to eventually cycle back to Eric introducing himself. But speaking of your characters, Mary Hope in the Twitch chat has said, if this episode doesn't involve the ghost of the gardener with an increasingly Boston accent, I am going to have some strong words with the author. So, Caroline, if you are listening, and I do believe you are, you've got some feedback. I don't know. We're dealing with murderers here in your story. I don't know how many we're dealing with in our in our listener. Maybe they're kind of using this as a documentary. Bring back the Newsies accent. The people have spoken. <laughs> they say more Newsies. It was a very good <laughs> accent. I also want to know about the host of like, because the fake host thing that was in the last script on the radio show, that's got to be a person, right? Who's playing that person? Is that the murderer? That would be the imposter. Maybe it is you, Meredith. Was Meredith. It is. It was Meredith all along. <laughs> <laughs> I like to think of myself more as the voice of God. Transatlantic God, obviously. But it's got to be a person because it's within their little old-timey radio place. So like, But we've never met the actor. It sounds like it's a person with a God complex. We've established it now. Apparently, yes. Good point. <laughs> there you go. And up next, continuing our introductions, Maggie Behan, who is the inspector, not the imposter. Yeah. <laughs> I did take it a little personally, but it's fine. Sorry. I'm Maggie. I'm Missy and the inspector. My prediction as far as John goes is that I think he's kind of like a nice guy, except like nice guy TM, except not with women, but with art. Mm. Where I think he's like in his apartment alone, like full handle of absinthe next to him, scribbling away handwritten notes. And he's just like, why is my art not taking off? <laughs> and so then he's making plans to make it happen in the real world to draw attention back to him. So that's my prediction for that. I'm not sure how we're going to address it in like two more episodes. It's a lot to unpack, but it's very creative. I think I said something forever ago that was like, I think it's some weird, like meta artistic, like. Yes, you did because it reminded me of Pillow Man. And I still think that's what this is. It's like some big brain, like none of them understand me, like that kind of thing. <laughs> exactly. He's like, my art is so good. And you've gotten Nicholas Sparks out here selling books and I can't get anything published or yes. produced. I think it's 100% that. That's exactly what I think it is. Yeah. And the only other thing I have to say as far as this upcoming episode is that if it does turn out that the heiress fell out the window, <laughs> she fell. She was not pushed. <laughs> this was voluntary. She did not have to take that extra step back. That's what the murderer would say. She stepped. That's what the imposter would say. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sus over here. Inspector. Maybe I'm not the imposter after all. Up next, we have Eric Anderson. Hello, Eric. I play Artie the Gardener, Lyle Quinn, and car sounds now, apparently. So <laughs> be ready for that. As far as John, yeah, I mean, honestly, I feel like John is still a puppet for Sebastian. I don't know why, oh. but uh, I don't think John has the stones, you know, to pull something as crazy off like this. Sebastian is more, you know, he has some resources at his disposal to, I guess, fuck with people. So yeah, that's what I think it is. He's still, John's still in on it, but he's not the head of the tower there. So you're kind of having us all pile on John and Sebastian because of all the early piling on that we did on to Artie and the gardener. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm sensing some projection and some vengeance here. Quite possibly. It's okay. I don't blame you. We've all earned it. All right. Up next, last but not least, we have Paige Elena. Hi, I'm Paige. I'm playing Felicity and the heiress. And I think, tragically, this is the last episode we will see the heiress. I'm really hoping (laughs) she pulls through somehow, but I have a feeling she is gone for good this episode. So I'll expect a little (laughs) funeral at the end. Um, I'll expect tears. I know we didn't do that for the gardener, but who cares? (laughs) This is the heiress we're talking about. (laughs) I might have some stubby candles somewhere. Perfect. Yeah, I'm assuming we all brought our morning clothes to change into, right? (laughs) Oh, well, I mean, I'm wearing black with no logos or artwork that's copyrighted material on it, so... Perfect. That's all you need. Yeah, there we go. Granted, I always wear black. It's the easiest color to spill things on. Any other predictions, ideas, thoughts that you have about this upcoming episode? Even in the Twitch chat, we'd love to hear more theories. Any more increasingly Bostonian accents that you want to hear from anyone else? I would like Eric to be like completely unintelligible <laughs> by the end of it. That's where the car sounds coming. <laughs> yeah. That could easily happen just unintentionally. <laughs> Maggie, can we get an example of what you mean? I'll leave it to Eric. Eric, I'd like to hear your best unintelligible Boston accent. Come on, Yeah, you should be in Goodwill Hunting. You did it. That was pretty good. That's what I'm going for. How do you like them apples? (laughs) Is is Matt Damon in the chat? (laughs) That's the gardener after a visit to his bootleg hut. (laughs) That's what he sounds like. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Bootleg hut. This is going to end up just like the bald soprano where all we end up doing is just yelling <laughs> flames at each other. Gobble ghoul! You've got but you less cool eyes. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, if none of you have anything else that you want to say, platform, please send in the scripts. Actors, make sure to change your name so that we know who you're playing. And as you receive your scripts, give us a thumbs up. I would continue to open the floor up to the Twitch chat until such time as everything begins. Who, who do you think did it? Oh, Veronica Mansour says, yes, I think it was Artie. Some sort of long-standing grudge against Felicity. Ooh. Oh, keeping it in the family. We've got some inner family vengeance going on here. Maybe she inherited more than Artie thought she deserved. The episode's called Flatline. This is not going to be good. <laughs> <laughs> That was so, because we also only get the episode name like a couple hours before when it pops up on the Instagram. And I saw that and I was like, ooh, oh no. Someone's dead. Someone's gone. (laughs) Might be you. Might be. It's probably me. But it's probably Probably you or Artie. Artie. Kill off Erickson. (laughs) Maybe it's a doctor pun. Maybe I'm out. Oh no. (laughs) We could all be gone. Okay. Let's get started. The broadcast, episode five. Flatline by Caroline Lesney. In the garden of Sterling Manor, the house guest, the doctor, the suitor, and the inspector are gathered around the patio table where we left them. The three suspects are stock still. The inspector is still eating. Where is Miss Westwood, inspector? It's the dead of night, the victim already tortured by grief. Who would ever suspect the doting daughter? Inspector. Thank you for the sandwiches. You really must send me the recipe. She gets up and starts toward the house. The others rise to follow her, and she stops. Papa, surely you haven't, uh, well, it sounds like you've... Oh, I've taken care of it. My God. I'd never have thought her capable of such a thing. Of course you didn't. That's why the inspector... She's right. It, It is. It is the perfect murder. What's that? Indeed. There's only one problem. She didn't do it. In the study, minutes before... The heiress is backed against the open window, inches away from falling to her death. The wind howls. Please. Last chance, Ms. Westwood. I know about the will. I know you wanted to stop your father giving away your inheritance. I didn't kill him. The inspector takes one last step forward, and the heiress gasps, almost losing her balance. Here! A jingle of silver. The heiress plunges her hand down the front of her dress and pulls out a chain and... To the desk! A key? Please, open it. The inspector seizes the key and goes over to the desk. She fiddles with the lock and the heiress sinks to the ground below the window, shaking. Finally, the inspector manages to get the drawer open, pulling it out with a cry of success. She rifles through a mess of papers. The letter. There's a sealed letter for the lawyer. The inspector finds the letter and rips the envelope open. Go ahead. Read it. 
To whom it may concern, I attest on this, the 21st of June, 1923, that being of sound body and mind, I witness an assent to the changing of my father's, of my father's will to make the National Education Fund the primary recipient of his estate, signed Ms. Westwood the Younger, and dated 6-21-23. Excellent calligraphy. Thank you. The inspector drops the letter onto the desk and sinks into the leather chair behind it. So, not you then? No. You would have killed me, inspector. Of course not. I couldn't have. Not at that angle, anyway. Didn't you notice the height of the windowsill? Well, then why did you- An experiment. I wanted to see if it was possible. I did rather think you were guilty, though. Disappointed? Only slightly. What now? If you're not the murderer, I'm afraid that puts you in immediate danger. We'll have to do something about that. But what have I done? Why would someone want to kill me? I have a theory, but I need to test it. Come on, you grew up in this house. I'm sure you know the hiding spots. Back in the garden. The birds are singing. The three people on the patio, however, sit in stony silence. So you see, she's innocent. Well, of course she is. Isn't that what we've been saying? I'm coming to that. We're all getting awfully tired of these games, Inspector. Is Miss Westwood safe? Of course she is. Then who killed the gardener? Who killed Westwood? Who else had a reason to want Ms. Westwood to keep the money? Better yet, who would have had access to it if Ms. Westwood was the beneficiary? I'm sure all of you could have benefited from Ms. Westwood's wealth, but none more than the one intending to marry it. All eyes turn toward the suitor. But then it's him! Grab him! But, but I, I, I did it! I, I... Now wait just a moment! Why, you leeching bloodthirst! Hold off your slander for a moment! He might have been the one to kill Westwood, but the second murder is out of the question. Couldn't they have been done separately? It's no secret the man didn't have many friends. I thought that too at first, but the grounds have been secure since I arrived. If anyone came in or out, we would have known it must have been the same person. But you don't think he's the one who killed the gardener? Well, of course not. Why not? Because he was in bed with the houseboy. <gasps> oh, grow up. It's the 20th century. I don't care who he sleeps with, but to deceive Miss Westwood. Uh yes, yes, we can throw insults later. That doesn't matter now. That's completely... You, you must be joking. Me with the... the. You should see how he talks about you. It wasn't uh, hard well, to tell he's sweet on I... you. I, I, I didn't. I, I didn't know that. This is why you were cut off? Yes, only I thought my mother would understand, and it seems the help, and the help to her, no matter how they feel about you. Hold off on those dewy eyes, mister. We were just accusing you of murder. Well, I suppose marrying Miss Westwood would solve two problems, the money and the pretext. But you still think he's innocent? He was... Otherwise occupied at the time. And, I mean, look at him. Thank you, Inspector. So you don't know who killed them? Of course I know. And what are you waiting for, damn it? Tell us! Where would be the fun in that? She downs her cup of tea in one and flashes a smile before darting off into the house. In Sebastian's recording studio, Sebastian, Missy, Irene, and John sit quietly. No one seems to have anything to say. Quietly, through the window, a police siren far away. The honk of a car horn. The caw of a seagull. Then John clears his throat. <clears> throat> uh, so, how are we? Fine. We're great. Should we carry on? Felicity's not here. No, uh, she she quit. She quit? Yesterday. I thought it was a tantrum, honestly. Thought she'd be back this morning. Of course you did. You never take anybody seriously. I do. Just not people like her. Like what? Weak? Uninteresting? No, I... I no wonder she wanted to quit. The way you all talk about her. If she can't take the heat, she shouldn't be here anyway. You're not the one who gets to decide. Has anyone heard from her? Irene? No, uh, not since yesterday. John's phone starts to ring. He grabs for it desperately. Hello? He hangs up. Hey, we don't really need the heiress today. It would just be a couple fill-ins anyway. We, we, we can go ahead without her. No, that would mess everything up. I'm happy to just sit here, personally. Waste a couple hours. Fine. You're right. I, I'll just go over to her place after we finish, check to make sure she's okay. We can't afford to lose another day. What happened with you two? Nothing. You just seemed really... Nothing happened, Missy. Let's just get to work. They pick up their scripts. Is your green thumb perpetual plant poison? Is your window box a graveyard of gardening attempts? Sterling Manor's gardener might be dead, but with any luck, your garden won't be. Introducing Fertilixer, the new liquid manure from Story Garden Center. 
Stop murder in its tracks with this enriched plant food for bigger and better herbs, vegetables, and flowers. Come on down to East Los Angeles today for your own half-gallon bottle, only at 654 Meyerwood Boulevard. Did you get that? 654 Meyerwood Boulevard. Resurrect your vegetable patch with Fertilexer, and it'll be you done it no more. Sweepstakes for our two-for-one special open today. Just call 1-800-A-R-T-R-T-I-E for your chance to win. Fertilexer, the newer manure. The house guest stands at the counter, looking out the window at the rapidly coming sunset. She pours herself a gin and takes a desperate pull from it. Got enough for two? The house guest whirls around. The inspector stands watching her from the doorway. I didn't know. Please, I have more important things on my mind than liquor. The house guest tips the glass back and drains it. Enjoying your little game? A bit. A bit too much, I'd say. Then let's get to the fun part. The house guest puts her glass into the sink. Ms. Westwood told some other things as we were hiding her away. She didn't want to, very loyal, that one. But seeing as her life is in danger, I managed to convince her. Want to know what she said? I could probably guess. It's quite the story. Widowed before you had the chance to be a bride, taken in by the boy's family, gambling away all your money away in Europe to numb the pain, only for all of it to fall to pieces when you returned. The will was a red herring. That was smart. Did you call the lawyer too? I'm sorry? Some things still don't fit. The telegram, the car part, how you possibly got the old man to climb up on the windowsill. So please, satisfy my curiosity. What happened the night you killed Westwood? But uh, it was just the liquor, Inspector. I'm not a killer. Really? Love and money, those are the two things people are most likely to kill for. And you needed both. I don't know what you're talking about. Your eviction notice. You told the lady of the house you didn't know, but you lied. You did know, didn't you? You knew Westwood was planning to throw you out of the pool house if you kept on with the gardener. Did you really ever love his son, or was he just a travel fund for your pocketbook? How dare you! It wouldn't have been hard for the gardener to turn that shame to anger, to embitter you against a sick old man who was ready to put you out on the street. Especially not when he had his own reasons for wanting Westwood dead. Westwood found out about the distillery in the greenhouse, didn't he? That must have been a shock. His own staff not only wooing his once-intended daughter-in-law, but also engaging in brewing and bootlegging on his own estate. But you knew that already. How? But things didn't go to plan. The gardener got cold feet. It scared him when I showed up here. He was ready to confess your plot to me. The greenhouse, the affair, the way you climbed the staircase to the fourth floor in the dark cloak of night and pushed the old man out the window. No! So you killed him too to shut him up. And then there's the fact that you are the ghost of Sterling Manor. So tell me, madam, what actually happened on Saturday night? Suddenly, a scream from outside, long and horrible. Miss Westwood. As the scream stops, they both turn and run out the garden door towards it. Nighttime in an apartment building hallway. Frantic knocking on a door. John stands outside Artie's apartment, calling into the closed doorway. Felicity, are you in there? No response. He knocks again. Come on, Fel, this isn't funny. Felicity! John starts pounding on the door, insistent, again and again, loud enough to wake the neighbors. And then his phone rings. Shit. He digs in his pockets for his phone and picks up. Hello? Static buzzes in his ears. It goes on for a long time. He's about to hang up when there's the crackle of a voice. You answer. Hello? Is anybody there? City I can rust the rest of. Who is that? It's not safe. Don't come, Felicity. You're in danger. More static. In the manor's rose garden, the inspector and the house guest come blundering through the rose bushes to a clearing. The heiress is sprawled out on the pavement, her ceramic teacup smashed beside her. Oh my God. Miss Westwood! Miss Westwood! Is she dead? The inspector is down beside the heiress, shaking her firmly. She feels for the woman's pulse, then drops her arm. Alive, barely. Help! Damn. Damn, it isn't you! What's not me? It all fit, but you were with me. You couldn't very well be two places at once. The case? You're worried about the case? She's dying! We need the doctor. Help! As if on cue, the doctor runs into the clearing, already holding his medical bag. The suitor in hot pursuit. Christ, what's wrong with her? Stand back. Oh my God, oh my God. What can we do? The doctor rummages through his medical bag, glass vials and syringes and pill bottles pinging against each other. Her pulse is weak. Epinephrine should give her a jump start. God, I can't do needles. Do it. Then you might want to look away. Is this going to work? I hope so. He fills the syringe from the epinephrine bottle, puts the needle into the heiress's arm and pushes the plunger down. Everyone lets out an audible breath. Done. Now what? Now we wait. 
On the darkened sidewalk, Irene is walking down the pavement towards her car, her keys jingling in her hands. A ping from her phone. She taps on the notification and puts the phone to her ear. Reminder, you have one new voicemail. Yesterday at 9.47 p.m. Press one to listen. Irene presses one. A beep from the phone. Irene, it's Felicity. Listen, you are right. I-, I do need help. Okay, this is going to sound crazy. Outside Artie's apartment, John has his phone pressed to his ear, listening hard. Artie, talk to me. Are you still there? Hello? Who is J- John? Is that you? Yes. Yes, Artie, where are you? Felicity's trying to find me. She met Quinn. You know it's not that. Tell her it's not that. Let us help. Where can we find you? Not safe to say. I need you to tell her. How did you get out? What are you trying to do? Tell her my car's stolen. Will you tell her that? Yeah? What does that mean? I can't talk anymore. Don't give her this number. No, wait, wait! Where are you? Where have you been? Artie! Back on the sidewalk, Irene is stopped dead in her tracks. It can only mean one thing. It means I'm next. You said you would help me if I asked for it. Well, now I'm asking. And Irene, I don't trust John. Beep! Would you like to replay this message? Press 1 to replay, or 2 to delete. Shit. Irene shoulders her bag and runs towards her car, dialing the phone. It rings and rings and rings out. Shit! She dials a different number. Hey, Mom, I've got to cancel. Something just came up. Back in the Rose Garden, the suitor is on the ground beside the heiress with his fingers on her wrist, checking her pulse. Go call for an ambulance. We'll wait here with her. Yes, of course. An ambulance from where? What do you mean from where? From wherever it can get here the fastest. Call 911. Just get one here. Inspector, her pulse. What? What is it? It stopped. Doctor? The inspector throws herself onto the ground to check the heiress's pulse herself. The house guest turns to find the doctor, but he has vanished. Doctor? No. Damn it! It's not starting again. What? I should have known. Give me the bag now. The house guest takes the medical bag from the grass and all but throws it at the inspector. She tips everything out onto the ground and starts rifling through it in a panic. Here! She seizes a small glass bottle and, hands shaking, reaches for a syringe. The old man's medicine, but those are barbiturates. That's a depressant. It slows you down. Yes. She starts filling the syringe. And you think it'll restart her heart? It's our best bet. But it could kill her. If I don't try, she's already dead. Are you sure? No, I'm not. God help me. And she plunges the needle into the heiress's chest. Back in the apartment building, static is cutting in and out again as John desperately paces the hallway looking for better reception. Got to go. Coming back. Who's coming back? You're coming back? Or do you better not hang up on me? Aunt, stay. Um, tell her I... Not what I can. The line goes dead. John gasps at his phone. John gapes at his phone, then turns back to the door. He pounds on it again, louder this time, frantically trying to get inside. Felicity! Let me in, I know you're in there! It's Artie! He pounds on the door one more time, then draws his fist back. The door swings open and John drops his phone, the sound of a gun cocking. Felicity? End of episode five. Wow! <laughs> dun dun dun! Ah! <laughs> Oh my god! Oh. That was a roller coaster. What? Oh my god! Yeah, that was the most wild twenty minutes I've had <laughs> of the past week. The way Caroline split <laughs> these is killing me. It was the, yeah. Okay. Oh my god! So it was a Knives Out. It was uh, with. Oh, sorry. Now I'm spoiling Knives Out. Never mind. It wasn't. <laughs> it's okay. I feel like by the time they've already announced a sequel, you can probably start spoiling movies. But yeah, probably start spoiling Knives Out for people. There's so many revelations with the syringe, right? Mm-hmm. And like. I think that, okay, I'm just a fucking doctor. <laughs> now I'm just stum- Now I'm just stuttering. Yeah, well, <laughs> like he definitely tried to kill Felicity, if nothing else. Based on everything the inspector's been- Or the heiress. The doctor tried yeah. to kill. Yeah, the heiress. Yeah, the heiress maybe twice. Maybe twice. <laughs> maybe twice. Make sure to change your names. So maybe it was it was John back by the by while we're while we're oh, chatting. Yeah. But Maggie, do you feel good knowing that that you weren't the problem this time? That even though you backed her up against the window, <laughs> you didn't kill her. <laughs> I feel deeply vindicated. I was right, and also I hope I get to continue on this trend of every single episode getting to make a whole speech <laughs> accusing accusing somebody. Oh, and you're killing it oh at my those. God. It is so much fun, especially given that I'm always wrong. Yeah, well, but you're killing it at those speeches. Like, if I needed to, like, get information out of somebody, I would just, like, commission you <laughs> to just break a couple kneecaps and do the interrogation for me. <laughs> it's very, it's very intimidating. Thank you. Screw, I don't know if that falls under the acting umbrella, but yeah, if anyone 
needs some threats. I will not follow through on them, but I will deliver the threats. Yeah. You have like a secondary <laughs> business card you can offer? I think it counts. So we have some comments from Mary Hope in the chat. Okay. Irene has got to be the bad guy. Also, what was the ad? It gave an address and then spelled Artie and it yeah. was for gardening. Is it meta? I mean, and this is my commentary. Is it meta or is it a hint? I loved that little. And yeah, I got to be honest, I couldn't focus on the content of it because I was just <laughs> losing my mind at the. Voice was so fun. The fact that the the newsies came back <laughs> just really a little was. bit, I was like, "Wow, yeah. this is too yeah. good." It was so good. <laughs> The newsies came back and got to say the newer manure. It was so good. What I'm wondering about that, though, is that it actually didn't spell already, but it kind of seemed like typo. And I'm not sure if that was a typo or if that was on purpose and has significance. Yeah, I think it was just to fit like the number of letters you need or the number of digits you need. Yeah, probably. And it was like our tree. So like gardening tree. Our tree. Yeah, pun on. Oh, is there a tree involved? Yeah, I was like, is it spelling already or artery? Oh, jeez. But I don't know. Artery wouldn't make any sense. Anyway. Oh, but it would because murder. Needle thing. (laughs) Where do needles go? (laughs) It would because murder. (laughs) I think it may have been like archery, like gardening. That's true. Maybe in arteries. I'm not a nurse. I don't know. (laughs) Needles do go in the arteries. Okay. I was like, probably somebody with like a medical degree is going to listen and be like, she's going (laughs) to kill somebody. (laughs) I think. Or do they go in the veins? They go in something. Well, I want to know why. Why am I the bad guy, Mary? Give me, you got to back up your statement here. (laughs) This is definitely equal footing. I feel like it's all pointing to John now, like we've suspected. I feel like it's all pointing back to John, like we've, I think, like we uh, said at the beginning of this episode. Or do we think that perhaps it's a a red herring type of situation where... I do wonder. I was going to say that's very in character of you. I think the doctor is very suspicious. Yeah. Yeah, Dr. Susbaka. But so far in the reality... Felicity is like paranoid because of yes. the script, which may or may not mean that John did it. I'm trying to figure That's that out. That's true. Right. Yeah. Like it's definitely been yeah. paralleling the script, but I feel like I don't know that like the actual person who's guilty is going to parallel the script. Like that might be a little too straightforward for like what this has been so far. Yeah. Cause also John seemed genuinely mm. surprised and not in a like you should be dead way to hear from Artie. This is true. And he was alone. So it's not like he was putting on that act for anyone. But he was outside of the door. So maybe, mm. you know, mm. she's listening true. to him right. do it. So yeah. he's got to put on a little act yeah. there. <laughs> I mean, we also have to take into account the meta ness of that because I have no idea if Carolyn or Carolyn put in our character packets. I don't know if the person who's guilty knows that they're guilty. So you have to imagine like that could have just been Kevin's acting, right? Because like he Mm -hmm. doesn't know that he's guilty even if he is. He's obviously going to act genuinely Mm -hmm. surprised. So like... Yeah, so many layers. You You have to take that with a grain of salt. (laughs) So basically the opposite of the imposter. Also, yeah, (laughs) you're right. Very excited. (laughs) So therefore it would not be me because if I would have known from the host packet that I was the murderer. I'm just saying. Very different. (laughs) There, Meredith. (laughs) Wait, there was a host packet? That makes me think more that that character's gonna come up again and be important. That you got a whole packet. I can't trust anyone. Because if you got a packet and Lionel didn't even get an email. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Lionel couldn't even get a CC. I would love to see like all eight of the packets for his characters. Like, you are reading an ad, you are employed to read an ad. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> That's <Yeah. your> <laughs> You are a newsie. You are a newsie. You're a gay houseboy. <laughs> houseboy. I love that. I love the houseboy. Houseboy was good. That's a good title. So I have a joke about that, but Mary Hope adds that Irene did not check her phone quickly enough and wasn't worried about Felicity. Ooh, mm-hmm. interesting. Okay, that's fair. Wow. That's fair. Interesting. Yeah. Correct. So maybe this shit. Oh yeah, maybe the oh shit. I'm gonna speak up in defense of people who are just bad yeah, at looking like their Instead phones. of saying shit like, oh, I can't get in contact. It's like, shit, things are going bad. Yeah, that'd be wild. She's still alive. Yeah, it's like, oh, fuck, she's still alive because I have this voicemail. <gasps> Interesting. Man. Interesting. But for something like a mystery, you need a smaller, you know, you, you need to be looking at these tiny, tiny details. So great observation, Mary. That's really awesome. You. <laughs> Speaking of tiny details, yes. I have another point to raise. So on the subject of, again, the script mirroring real life, I'm going to spoil my packet for you a little bit here that the only people who knew that Irene and Artie have dated are Irene and Artie, according to my packet. And I was previously, the house guest was previously engaged to Miss 
against Westwood's brother, Felicity's brother, Artie, which means that that parallel had to have been written by somebody who has the information that we dated. Yeah, which is one of them. And because we broke up a while ago, presumably before the script was written, that means that it has to be written from like, written to, what am I trying to say here? They're not making real life match the script. They made the script to match real mm-hmm. life because that had already happened. Mm. And it all comes back to John. Sounds like Johnny Boy. <laughs> <laughs> Circles back. Well, that's what she was saying. Irene and Artie knew and no one else. Well, I don't know if John, because I mean, I guess maybe Artie. Oh, so it could be Irene. But John was like Artie's well, best also, friend or again, something, right? Or not best friend, but they were friends. I would think that that's, yeah, that's why it's, it's more surprising to me because of that. Maybe yeah. Artie told Quinn and Quinn told Drew and Drew told John and then John murdered Drew and then wrote a script. <laughs> and like my packet was probably saying who Irene knows, knows this information, you know? Exactly. <laughs> I think John wrote the packets. He was like, these are your character descriptions, yeah. Yeah, I think we definitely want to try it and avoid some, yeah. <laughs> we all got character descriptions, but not the scripts. But uh, maybe we should probably not no. discuss those until like the very end. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah well, yeah, everyone yeah. knows at this point yeah. that I dated Artie though. So I figure like that cat's already out of the bag. Yeah, right. But yeah, so this is just like a general warning. Don't share anything that obviously. I, mean, I don't think any spoilers were in your packets, anyways, because you've got a warning. You don't know what's going on. I don't know what's going on. Yeah, I know. It's kind of- I don't know what's going on. Felicity definitely doesn't know what's going on, and I wonder if she really is the one with the gun, <laughs> or if he's opening it up to something. <laughs> I hope she has a gun. I know it's possible she's not the one with the gun. Wait, what if it's me in her house? Right. I said something came up. Is the thing that I'm about? I'm in Felicity's. House with a guy oh waiting for John. Poor Felicity, <laughs> just getting like buffered around. Everyone's <laughs> like, you come here, be a pawn in my thing. No one minds. Yeah. That. Yeah. It sounds like Felicity ran away to some kind of safe house. <laughs> So is Artie's apartment the safe house? I don't think that's the safe house. Maybe the safe house is the name of the gun. Oh. Surely not, because everyone knows that you she's know. staying oh. there. Oh. Yeah, this is my <laughs> safe house. It would be very funny, though, if a stranger or someone who wasn't Felicity opened the door, cocked a gun in John's face, and John was like, you're not Felicity. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, what if this has, yeah. just has nothing yeah. to do with the plot? The question is like, is she the only one in the doorway? Or is there somebody else in the doorway. Oh, that's true. She could be with someone else in the doorway mm-hmm. and he could be like, What if it's the- a gun getting cocked at her? Yeah, because they don't specify who has the gun. Yeah, he has the gun. <laughs> John, <laughs> the gun is cocked. John is cocking the gun. <laughs> he just has it like by his side, just like cock at the hip just for the sound effect. Felicity? <laughs> the door swings open. John pulls out a Glock. <laughs> Felicity, I know you're in there. That would have been a really fast turn around from holding his phone to pulling out a gun, I have to say. (laughs) Is your heart racing now? I just cocked a gun. Isn't that crazy? Isn't that wild? But uh, how does he know that she's in there then? Oh, yeah, that's a good point. Because she's been living there? I think he's just, he said he was going to go check on her at the apartment. I mean, people say that all the time without actually having that knowledge. That's true, yeah. I don't <laughs> think she is, though. I, I think it might be someone else. I think that we are being baited and switched. No, let it be me so I can have a gun at the beginning of next episode. That's so <laughs> fun. Right? That's so much more exciting. I think it's already in there with the gun. Yeah. That would be very strange then. No, yeah. he would have heard of yeah. talking. They're on the phone and he's on the other side of the door. That's gonna... I mean, remember, he's like supposed to be the really good actor though. Like he's had experience and whatnot. So he could be doing the whole like broken phone thing. I think it would be weird, yeah. but I like imagining it. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, oh, I can't. Oh. Yeah, he's got a little tape there. He's like, I can't hear. <laughs> and he's just like waiting with a gun. Does good actor equate good with phone <laughs> technology? I don't know. <laughs> oh, yeah. Only needs sound effects. He can do cars. He can do static. He can do it all. Well, he's an artist. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. So, do we all think that the doctor is the one in the the audio drama story that did it? Or do you think that's just another one of Caroline's signatures? Got him, but haha, you don't. (laughs) Well, the inspector has wrongly accused everyone other than the doctor at this point. (laughs) So we're kind of running out of options. Yeah, who are we down to? I'm pretty sure it's the doctor. I also think like that one's probably going to wrap up first. But like, I wonder then, but then why? It's very questionable how good the inspector 
character is. But then, like, why would the doctor go after the gardener? <laughs> yeah, I agree with that, Kevin. What was the connection there? Or are there yeah, two different murderers? Right. Yeah, like, why is it, like, serial murder mm-hmm. if it's about getting the will? Yeah, exactly. I think that there's multiple murderers. Because <laughs> what was the inspector's logic for even saying there can only be one murderer? I, like, I feel like maybe I missed that. I, yeah, there was something, and I don't remember what it is. I think it was just a yeah. numbers game. <laughs> yeah. Right. No, it was because the gates had been closed. So, but conceivably- No one knew. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I mean, like, that's good logic in terms of, like, there's no extraneous person who came in, but it doesn't necessarily mean that of the the people already at the house, two of them couldn't have separately committed the murder. So, I don't know. Or she had some other reason for that. Yeah. Two people working together. The inspector also could be doing something where she's she's trying to, like, psych someone out where they're like, oh, phew, they think it's the doctor. I can let my guard down a little bit. (laughs) Well, maybe she's jigsawing us, you know, like, she's- poking needles in people right in front of everybody, just like, you know, the next (laughs) one's going to be like this. This is a new puzzle for us to solve. (laughs) Yeah, actually, wait, did any... Yeah, no, somebody else. Who was it? Who checked the heiress's pulse at the end? Uh, Suitor. Suitor. Okay. Somebody else checked it, yeah. Yeah, I wanted to make sure that. (laughs) I don't think the inspector's the killer, but she definitely is becoming the living embodiment (laughs) of the am I the drama TikTok sound? She's definitely a bad inspector. No. <laughs> it's what we know. She's not a great detective. <laughs> She's not a good detective. You know what? I actually disagree with that. But my God, is she having fun along the way. I think she's a great inspector <laughs> detective. I think what she's doing is playing mind games. She is trying to accuse people to get them to trip up. That's kind of the impression that I got for oh, that. I love she's that. certainly acting like she's That's playing true. mind games. That's for sure. She's convinced us. Like, oh. <laughs> and I don't know what Caroline's intention was with that, but I think at least the way that Maggie plays sandwich the inspector, it makes me think that you already have solved this, but you need to make absolutely certain and you're just playing with everyone. You're you're kind of like a psychological chess master who, and oh, it's not wow. false accusations. Yeah. You're making them to get them to kind of freak out, confess or tell something because they're under pressure. Mm. Honestly, even I haven't fully decided if it's warranted confidence or not. (laughs) So you're just rolling with it. Yeah, I don't Uh, know if the inspector, I've not fully decided if I know the answer here (laughs) or if I just walk up every time and I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to pretend like I know it. But it doesn't, I mean, it doesn't matter. You get results. Yeah. Yeah. The one thing I do wonder about the inspector is obviously this is set in like 1926. So historically having a female detective would be very uncommon. And I've from the beginning kind of wondered, is that just because Caroline had a set number of characters? characters for outside of the radio play. Missy needed to fill a role. Okay, Missy's the inspector. Is that like, and you know, it's justified by like a creative decision of that team. They've decided to have an inspector or does it actually have significance within the radio play of like, she's not a real inspector kind of deal. Mm. Ooh. Yeah. I love that. I'm just, has anyone checked my credentials? Yeah. (laughs) What's your inspector's license? It could be either. Like, obviously, I don't know. Like, we haven't. I don't think. Well, you've been too busy pushing us out of roofs. It's kind of hard to read in the wallet while that's happening. But there was that scene at the beginning of you like with your boss, I guess. Mm-hmm. So, like unless that was oh, yeah, hey, boss. fake and it was your boss for like whatever <laughs> else you're doing. Like I think it's just like a, the creative team making this radio play decided to have a female inspector but I've always kind of wondered if that's going to come around and yeah, be a plot yeah, point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like that idea that the boss is actually like you're literally a secretary. Can you please just type what I asked you? <laughs> you're getting like daily telegrams like why are you still there? The real inspector can't get in because you lost the gates. What are you doing? That'd be fun if the actual inspector shows up at the end. What are you all doing here? Why is everyone dead? Who's this? Oh, this is why my coffee hasn't come for five yeah. days. This is where you've been. Yes. Oh, they let the intern out. So I actually just looked this up. It would have been uncommon, but not without precedent because the first female detective in the United States was hired in 1856. Not without precedent. Yeah, so while it would have been... (gasps) Good for her, a girl boss. People say we're not progressive. Cool. This was from the Pinkerton (laughs) National Detective Agency. So yeah, so... Couldn't vote, could solve murders. She was, yeah. (gasps) She was a Pinkerton? Ugh, (laughs) disappointing. Yeah, yeah, take that back, no longer... <laughs> yeah, no, she was. <laughs> hey, that's corporate diversity right there. Not girl boss anymore. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> there you go. The, the diversity hire for the Pinkertons. <laughs> <laughs> but point being, that was there was a precedent. <laughs> 
<laughs> so they probably would have just been like, well, if the, if the union busters can do it, so can we. Cool. I didn't know that. That's fun. The inspector really yes, did say gaslight right. gatekeep girl boss, though. <laughs> She's gaslighting everybody. The gates are it shut. It seems to be the theme of the whole audio play. Gaslight gatekeep, girl boss. You're right. The gates are literally being capped. Literally, gates are being capped. Any other final thoughts? Do you think that the heiress is still alive? Do you think she makes it through having barbiturates shoved into her chest? Or do you think she's just just done? I think she's coming back. I think we just gave her a speedball and she's coming back. Yeah, very pulpy. Yeah. <laughs> I want my two characters still. <laughs> I'm hoping she's still here. I don't want to have to do what Eric does and no, read eight different, different characters every episode. episode. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, you're doing great. I just think oh, it sounds you. hard. <laughs> <laughs> Eric's already on. <laughs> like, he's already <laughs> extra going in blind compared yeah. to the rest of us. Even, even colder. You, you don't even have a dossier for these fellas. <laughs> I hope that every week Eric just gets a pamphlet, like a packet that gets longer and longer every week. So like this time for the newsy host, he had like a novel length packet of like, here is every backstory you need to know. Well, no, because that was just Artie doing yeah. it, though, wasn't it? I think it was just Artie, which was fun. Yeah, it was like a pre-recorded Artie voice. It was Artie mm-hmm. doing the thing, which also begs the question, why do we have the host? Oh, I was the diverse. Who read the other commercial, but then this time it was one of the cast members doing a funny voice. I did wonder that. Uh, host is in the show. Host is definitely in the in real life now. Wait, I was hold the, up. I know. You're sus, Meredith. I, I suspect you. Maybe Artie got in there, because if he's emphasizing an address covertly and he's actually like yeah. doing it via the ad and that's arty not just like a pre-recorded thing <laughs> oh okay he got in there to do it it wasn't supposed to be him i like that he has access to the dropbox and he's editing it in he's got his <laughs> mic set up wherever he is though and wi-fi yeah <laughs> Right. Yeah, exactly. The commercial that I had done was like a fake 1920s commercial. It didn't, I don't think it really had any significance. Yeah, Yeah, that's true. This one was like modern. This one kind of was too until it wasn't. Right. I liked the little switch where he's just like really bright and cheerful. And then the intensity with the address and then back to bright and cheerful. Yeah. Really great tonal (laughs) shift right there. (laughs) I was impressed. Yeah. Like, that's where Artie is. I, I was think. impressed with how quick you picked up the name Fertilixer because I looked at that and I, I was like, no clue. <laughs> I was like, absolutely no clue. You're supposed to say that. <laughs> that's a great name. <laughs> oh, and your like phone voice is on point. Oh my gosh. The newer manure. Oh, yeah, that was good. <laughs> when they need male Alexa, there you go. <laughs> Alex, Alex, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's the name, <laughs> not male. <laughs> You're right. If only there were a way. No, look, you know what? If we have to deal with She-Hulk, we can have man Alexa, okay? Yeah, you're right. This is he, Siri. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, Heary. Man Alexa. <laughs> Heary. Well, they do already have male Siri. Oh, yeah. They've got lots of different voices on there. It's just nobody changes their settings. That's true. Fair enough. Any other thoughts, predictions? I think we're all kind of in a state of shock right now. Or just like, ah, uh, yeah. I have a final prediction. I still think it's Sebastian. I think this is just straight up Scooby-Doo logic. He's introduced early. You see him a little bit. Nothing really suspectful about him. And then at the end, boom, drop it. Yeah, but is he most likely to say you meddling kids? Pull the mask off. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) He really is most likely to say you meddling kids. Like if anyone's going to get that quote, it is Sebastian. (laughs) He probably said that to his kids and that's why his wife walked out on him. Yeah. But can he be a Scooby? Yeah, he means his literal kids. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel kind of bad for Sebastian. His life Don't. is hard. You're good. <laughs> no, I'm I'm relatively certain were he a, a good wife and hu- he would not be a good wife. Don't. <laughs> <laughs> were he a good husband, I doubt his wife and kids would have walked out on him. Were he a good wife? No, it's true. Like, he's definitely oh. probably not been the greatest. But like, it still seems like he's dealing with a lot. I think he tried his best, actually. <laughs> I think he actually tried real. You just said don't feel bad for him. And now you say he's trying his best. Pick a side. <laughs> yeah, he tried real hard. Aww. And I think. That's Sebastian's arc. arc. <laughs> it's already completed. It's done. There's nothing else that needs to happen with Sebastian. He's, <laughs> he's just sad now. Yeah, He's having his own personal... <laughs> Sometimes people are just done with their arc. I was first my character arc when I was like eight. <laughs> <laughs> Smooth sailing. Sebastian's just... Or is he secretly gay, though? Like, is that also... Ooh. Oh, true. Mirrored, is that... Because, I mean, that's the thing with the suitor. I know not everything has yeah. to be mirrored, but... Sure. I mean, it could be. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, why not? Sure. <laughs> 
<laughs> Why not? I like that Sebastian's maybe just running this like parallel, like buildings Roman plot where he's just figuring out his sexuality. It has nothing to do with the murder plot. And at the end, we're going to find that nice little moment for him. I want that for him. Unless he's the murderer, in which case I don't want anything nice for him because murder's not good. <laughs> yes. With IRL Lionel, whoever that may be. Yeah. Murder's not good. <laughs> murder's not good. Murder's not Boom. good. And I think we got, we, we're done. All right. And on that note. It's not nice <laughs> to murder people. And you can quote her on that. <laughs> Unless it's self-defense, but that's not murder. That's self-defense. Different. Yeah. Oh, I don't want to get like a Twitter message. It's like. Covering all our bases. So Meredith did not, she did not have an asterisk. Yeah. She didn't have an asterisk <laughs> for, for us on Twitter. self-defense, which means that she does not agree with self-defense, which means that. Canceled. She wasn't thinking and therefore is problematic. I'm like, I'm problematic because every human is problematic, but that's not it this time. <laughs> But this was great discussion, everybody. <laughs> but not for those. If we have any more <laughs> final thoughts. All right. Maggie, you looked like you were about to say something and then changed your mind. I just want to know who's holding the gun. That's all me. I want to know. It's <laughs> me personally. I have it. Girl boss. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag gun boss. Uh, Hashtag gun girl. Hashtag <laughs> Gun girl boss. You're right. Hashtag gun girl boss. That tweet at the show with hashtag gun girl. I bet that's the title of next episode. <laughs> okay. Thank you so much to the cast and all of our listeners and all of the platform production companies staff. Cold Cuts is based on an original idea by writing producer Declan Grogan, music by Vincenzo Torsiello, and the broadcast is written by Caroline Lesney. We do this every Saturday and every Tuesday, we post the videos up on YouTube and the audio is available on all streaming platforms. Next week, we will see you again at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Make sure to follow us online at sign platform prodco P-L-A-T-F-O-R-M-P-R-O-D-C-O for more and we will see you next time. <laughs>